family. It is Evangelist Maria. So glad to be with you guys today. So good to be spending time in the Word of God and in the presence of God. So we're going to dive right into it this week on the Remnant Podcast. We are going to be talking about giving. If you're not already following us on social media, make sure you go ahead and do that. Our Instagram and Facebook are at We Are Remnant, R-M-N-T. Go ahead and follow us at the Remnant Youth uh, side of things at R-M-N-T underscore youth. We also have a website where you can find links to all of our information, and it's weareremnant.com, weareremnt.com. We have been so blessed these past couple of weeks just having great time um, of fellowship and uh, really the spirit moving powerfully in our church. So we're blessed to be finally back with you guys. And so, yeah, we're going to dive right in. We're going to be talking about giving today, very specifically about the tithe. Um, You know, giving has a bunch of facets to it. But I really wanted to break down what the word of God says about tithing and that aspect of giving. So, you know, something that I want to start off by addressing is that stewardship is a key principle in the word of God. We need to realize that everything is God's. Truly, God created everything. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So everything in this world was in this universe was created by God. And it's that means that it's ultimately his. He owns it all. So humans, we are, we're just the manager. We are the steward of those resources that God has placed on the earth and finances your personal finances, if you're in ministry, your ministry's finances is a key area where a Christian or if you have a business, regardless who what it is, uh, finances in, is an area where Christians can practice stewardship. Really, it's not if you can, you are stewarding it, whether you want to believe it or not, positively or negatively, and in a godly way or a non-godly way. So we want to steward our finances, steward with what the Lord has blessed us with in a way that honors him. Amen. So, you know, truly, I think something that a lot of Christians need to realize and get right is that your finances is a key area where where God wants to bless you. God wants you to live in abundance. He has not created you to live in lack. Lack is something that that is part of the old covenant. Lack is something that does not belong. It's not the inheritance of any child of God. So I would say first and foremost, you need to get yourself out of that mindset that many, many people have grown up in church just seeing lack, seeing things done in a way that's lackluster, seeing things done as cheaply as possible in order to save the church money or whatnot. Maybe you even grew up in a family that was like that. Maybe you didn't even grow up Christian, but it was always, oh, we can't afford that or we can't have that. But that's not how things have to be with God. God desires. The Bible says my cup overflows. So if God wants us to have an overflowing life in our spiritual walk with him, then that means our finances can overflow in him too. And not so that we can just be bawling on the earth because the Bible says we don't just store up treasure on earth. We need to store up treasure in heaven. But putting our finances toward the supporting um, and the advancement of the kingdom of God is a way that we store up heavenly treasure. Amen. So our ability to acquire wealth is given to us by God. You know, that's something that you have to sentiment in your heart, too, that it's not just your charm and good looks that are giving you favor in the realm of, you know, business and making money or even in the ministry. But it really is an anointing and it's the hand of the Lord. So uh, you should sentiment that in your heart today, too. And I'm going to kind of hit on that a little bit later, but 
it's something that you need to get get right and get in your mind that God wants you blessed. God wants you not just blessed enough to meet your own needs because that is blessed, but he wants you to be in abundance where you're now you're so overflowing you're so abundant you're so blessed that you're not just worrying about or looking your own looking at your own needs and then being fulfilled but you're able now to be a blessing to your generation you're able to be a blessing unto other people that's something that I want to see in my life and I know in Jesus name that I will see it and you will see it too by applying the principles from the word of God to your life because I'm I'm believing in Jesus name that I'm going to be walking abundantly on the earth that I'm not just going to be, you know, sending my kids, doing nice things for my family, but God's going to empower me. And he is empowered me and has empowered me to do so even now, to be a blessing to the people on this earth and to, to my church, to this generation in Jesus name. So the Bible says in Deuteronomy 818, I'm going to turn there. If you're like, how is that in the Bible? There's no way that God is the one that's giving me the power to create wealth. God doesn't want us to be wealthy. You know, God wants us to be destitute and poor and raggedy. No, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 8.18. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful. Another translation says he gives you the power to create wealth. In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Amen. So God is the one who's giving us the power to to live abundantly, to create wealth for his glory ultimately. So we need to sediment that in our hearts and in our minds as believers, that God didn't put us on this earth just to pass along and to be like everyone else, just to endure life. No, he's given us the key to overcome and to be empowered by his spirit, to be successful and to overcome in every area of our lives in Jesus name. And that's been my testimony, and that's going to be your testimony from here on in Jesus' name. Why don't we just take some time to pray? Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you. Every person listening, every person taking heed to this word today, God, from the youngest to the oldest saint, God, every person who puts it in their heart, makes it their goal to live according to your word, I thank you they will never lack another day in their life. They'll never be broke, God, another day in their life. I thank you you meet every need like you said in your word according to your riches and glory. I thank you, God, there's not one thing that they're in need of because you meet it all. I thank you they don't have to worry another day, fret another day about their personal finances, their ministry's finances. As they're honoring you, God, I thank you increase comes in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you bless them, you honor them as they honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, What is a tithe? What does it mean to tithe? You know, we use our money. Money is a tool. That's basically what it is. Money is a tool. We need to be mindful of how we use this tool, how we steward this resource. Because you can do a lot of fun things with money. You can do a lot of good things with money. But a lot of bad things can be done with money. And you can do a lot of stupid things with money. So we need to be mindful as believers of how we're using the resources that God has blessed us with to fulfill the work of God in furthering the kingdom on the earth, taking care of the needs of others, taking care of the needs of our our body. And the tithe and the offering is the chief way that financial stewardship has been practiced by the people of God 
throughout the scripture and even today. So you could be saying, Evangelist Muriel, what is a tithe? Maybe you never grew up in church, and or maybe you did, but you, you never learned about tithing. You just knew, oh, the offering plate comes by every week, and we throw a couple cents in there, we throw a tenner in there, whatever. There was no real guide or re- rhyme or reason as to why people give, but there is. I'm here to tell you that today. So what is a tithe? A tithe is literally, tithe literally means 10 10 a tenth so 10 percent so tithing is the practice of giving 10 percent of your income specifically to your local church or a local or not even local or a ministry so either your local church a local church or a ministry or minister that you want to support the work of god that they're doing and the work of god that he's doing in their life so the word tithe means tenth in hebrew so where all right, you're like, cool, that means 10%. And where is it given? How do we do that? So it's what's given to, to the church and for the work of the Lord. So where in the Bible does it say, I need to tithe, Evangelist Maria? Why, who pulled that scripture? Pull, pull, pull up some scripture because where does this stuff come from? Because maybe you've heard from other teachers, oh, we don't need a tithe. We're under grace now. We're not under the old covenant. So tithing is null and void. It's just offering free. It's just what, you know, whatever I feel like giving to God, whatever I want to give to him, it, it has nothing to do with tithing. And that is baloney. That is absolute baloney. That is absolutely not true. And that's what's going to keep you operating at a lower level. That's what's going to keep you never seeing increase, never seeing the hand of God in your life. Because when you're not doing what the word says you need to do, you won't be able to have what the word says that you can have. And that's not what God wants for you. And that's not what I want for you in Jesus name. So we are going to open our Bibles to Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. And, you know, unfortunately, it has become a very popular and trending belief. That, oh, the Bible never said we have to give a tithe. They never instructed us, you know, that we're giving under the new covenant. So we're not held to that. So don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. But no, that's not true. So it's echoed throughout the entirety of Scripture. Literally the entire Bible. It's written throughout the entire Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, prophecy. Um, in, in, the old, in the major and minor prophets, it's mentioned in the New Testament. Jesus had a lot to say about giving. It's mentioned in the New Testament church. The Apostle Paul spoke a lot about giving. So it's clearly echoed throughout the entire scripture. A portion of what we earn and a portion of what we take in belongs to God. It's not our option. It doesn't even belong to us. And that's the way that we should see it. It belongs to God. And we're just giving back to him what belongs to him in the first place. So tithing was commanded under the Mosaic Covenant. What's the Mosaic Covenant? It is when Moses received the law from the Lord. So it's something that was instituted under the law of Moses, the Mosaic covenant. So I said Leviticus 27, starting in verse 30, we're going to read together. The word of the Lord says, one tenth of the produce of the land, whether from grain, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord, and it must be set apart to him as holy. If you want to buy back the Lord's tenth of the grain or fruit, you must pay its value plus 20%. Count off every tenth animal from your herds and flocks and set them apart for the Lord as holy. You may not pick and choose between good and bad animals, and you may not substitute one for another. But if you do exchange one animal for another, then 
both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy and cannot be bought back. These are the commands that the Lord gave through Moses on Mount Sinai for the Israelites. So really we're paying attention to that verse, verse 30. One tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. So you might be saying, I don't own a farm and um, there's certainly not plants growing in my backyard that I would be able to bring to the Lord as an offering. Of course not. Most people aren't in that situation. Most people don't make their livelihood off of, you know, selling crops or, or selling something that's their handiwork. We operate as, as a society under cash. Cash is king. We operate under, you know, dollars and, and cents and money. So we're the way that we need to see this as for us and modern day Christians is one tenth again, the same thing though, one tenth of what is produced or what we gain from the land belongs to the Lord and must be set apart. So one tenth of what you earn of that paycheck that you're receiving belongs to God. So the money that you receive, people are always like, do I tithe gross or do I tithe net? You tithe for what, from what you earn. So the money that you have in your hand that you've earned. So I would say, don't make it a big argument if you have a conviction for or against it, whatever, do you. But I don't make a big fuss out of it. We tithe net personally. So whatever you receive and you have you received from, from whatever you do in the work or whatever, whatever it is, the money that you come into as an income needs to be tithed. And a 10% of what you receive has to go to the work of the Lord. And it's set apart for God specifically. So because God was the one who was the providing the harvest for them in their crops, that first part was given back to him. And it was a reminder to Israel. And it should be a reminder to us that everything we have is God's. And it, it was to show thankfulness to God. To, and for not just because of, oh, yeah, you know, hey, we're doing pretty good. But thankfulness for his provision, for his faithful hand, and the money that was set apart, that was given as the tithe, was used to support and provide for it the Levites and the priesthood, the, Levit the Levitical priesthood and the festivals and the needy. So now we're, if your tithe is going to the local church, the local church is using your tithe to support the work of the ministry, pay their staff members, you know, um, coming into that money for buildings and for outreaches and for soul winning. So they're stewarding the money that they receive on behalf of the people that are giving as well. So again, all goes back to stewardship. So in the same way, we're, when we give, I believe it's in Deuteronomy 26. I'm actually going to go ahead and read that scripture. Deuteronomy 26, when we give, you know how I said that? It's, it was the way for the Israelites to thank God for their provision. Deuteronomy 26, it says, When you enter the land your, the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession, and you have conquered it and settled there, put some of the first produce from each crop you harvest into a basket and bring it to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Go to the priest in charge at that time and say to him, with this gift, I acknowledge to the Lord your God that I have entered the land that he swore to our ancestors that he would give us. The priest will then take the basket from your hand and set it before the altar of the Lord your God. Then you must, th oh, you must then say in the presence of the Lord your God, my ancestor Jacob was a wandering Aramean who went to live as a foreigner in Egypt. His family arrived few in number, 
But in Egypt, they became a large and mighty nation. When the Egyptians oppressed and humiliated us by making us their slaves, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. He heard our cries and saw our hardship and toil and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and a powerful arm, with overwhelming terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. And now, O oh Lord, I have brought you the first portion of the harvest that you've given me from the ground. Then place the produce before the Lord your God and bow to the ground in worship before him. Afterwards, you may go and celebrate because of all the good things the Lord has given you and your household. Remember to include the Levites and foreigners living among you in the celebration. So how powerful is it to read that? That when we're tithing, when we're giving unto God, we should never just do it out of obligation. We should never do it out of ritual, which is unfortunately the way that many people do. But that's not you and that's not me. We're not giving God our best just because, oh, you know, whatever. It's just something that we thought up or something that's convenient or something that we want to do. We're doing it to give glory and honor back to God for him being the one who's causing the increase in our lives, for him being the one that's sustaining us, for him being the one that's kept the flow of money and wealth coming into our hand as we glorify and honor him back. So it's something that we're doing as a sign to God that we are thankful. We're grateful for his provision in our life. So that should be your attitude every time you give God. Thank you, Lord. When I was lost, you brought me in. When I was on, when I was a, a wandering Aramean, when I didn't know what, what was left and what was right, you brought me out, God, and you set my feet on the rock to stand. In Jesus' name, I give you glory. Use this, Lord, I, I, to further your kingdom. I give this to you, God, in glory, in thankfulness, God, for all that you've done for me. In Jesus' name. So. That should always be your attitude when giving, especially when giving your tithe. So Moses was informing the Israelites everything that or that they would be giving a tenth of their seed, the crops, the trees, every tenth animal even to the tabernacle. And these this wasn't just something that Moses dreamt up. I literally read it to you. It, it was the command that he received from God. And it wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't, you know, oh, you could do this or you could do. No, it was a command from God. So it wasn't to be taken lightly. And that's critical for us to recognize. Tithing was central to the law of the Lord. The Israelites didn't wait to feel inspired, didn't wait to feel like it, like doing it. They were ex it was an expectation for them. And they were also encouraged to give free will offerings. So you need to sediment that in your heart that this is non-negotiable for me. I'm going to honor God for making a way for me, for providing for me. And maybe you're like, I'm, I'm in lack right now. But you know what? We're going to talk about that in a little bit. L that, that should not hold you back from giving. The lack is what the enemy wants to use to hold you back from giving because he knows that once you start giving and once you're faithful to the Lord and his instruction, God will break open the windows of heaven over you. So you need to take that step of faith, of trusting God, taking God at his word and doing what the word commands you to do so that you can have what the word says that you can have in Jesus name. So don't take this lightly. Don't wait. Oh, you know, if I feel like giving $5 today, no, 10% of what you earn. What does that mean? If I earned $250 this week, then my tithe is going to be $25. If I earned $1,000 this week, then my tithe is going to be $100. It, and it says it's the first, it's the best. So don't wait to the end of the year and say, oh, this is what I'm scrapping up to give to God. No, do it 
immediately. If you get paid every other week, then do it when you get paid every other week. However it, however it works, however it needs to be. But you need to give it first before you give anything to anyone else. Give it to God. I've heard it said and I thought I've always thought it was such a great saying that don't pay the world and tip God. Pay God and allow the blessing that comes into your life be enough and more than enough to take care of every earthly need that you have in Jesus name. So they were expected to give. Now, the question that comes up, well, Miss Maria, Evangelist Maria, is tithing mentioned in any other place in the Bible? And yes, I literally read it to you in Deuteronomy 26 and then before the law of Moses in Genesis 14, 18 through 20. I'm going to read it to you very quickly. And Melchizedek, the, the king of, Sal of Salem and the priest of God most high brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods that he had recovered. Abram had just, you know, he had just come back from defeating the armies of the four kings. He, he was rescuing his nephew Lot, and he was reclaiming those pos the, the, their possessions, his possessions. And he's met by the priest of God named Melchizedek. And the priest attributes the victory that Abram had to the Lord. He said he's the possessor of heaven and earth. So he blesses Abram. And in response, in gratitude, in thankfulness to the authority and the blessing of God, Abram gives Melchizedek a tenth of those possessions. He did it in response to God's blessing. So again, like we were reading in Deuteronomy 26, we do it in thankfulness, in response to God. So. I'm going to continue reading Genesis 14. We see it in Genesis 28 verses 20 through 22. Then Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey. And if he will provide me with food and clothing. And if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God. And I will present to God a tenth of everything that he gives me. So. Jacob is having a dream and in response to his dream that he's received from God, he builds an altar and he vows in exchange for God taking care of him and for the provision, he would give a tenth of everything that he owns. So same principle, there's a tenth resonating in, in all these different parts of scripture. Genesis 28, I just read that, right? Yes, Genesis 28, 20. So you're like, okay, I get it. It's definitely mentioned in uh, the law before the law of Moses. What about after the law of Moses? Malachi 3, 6 through 8. Very famous portion of scripture. I'm going to go ahead and turn there with you guys. Malachi chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. If this is blessing you today, why don't you go ahead and share it with someone? Share it with a friend. Share it with someone who needs to be encouraged in their giving. And all our podcasts are available on Spotify and on Anchor. So sharing that also helps us a lot. We've been seeing literally the nations have been, have been being touched by the podcast. It, it's always encouraging to see where the podcast is going, how far it's traveling. And even when we can't be somewhere physically, how God is quickening us to be able to preach to, you know, the nations of the, of the world. So Malachi 3, 9 through 12. I'm going to read it in the KJV. Actually, yes. 
I'll read that first. You are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be enough room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. He, and neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. Hallelujah. For ye shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. So this is a key principle. Before we get into where is where else is this mentioned in the Bible? And if it's, it's for us in the New Covenant, then where is it mentioned in the New Testament? I'm going to get to that. But this is the book of Malachi. So. God is literally rebuking them and saying that because they weren't giving what was due to God, they were literally robbing God. They were robbing God. And the tithe and the offering, they belonged to God through virtue of that covenant that he made with them. And it, it, to use it for your own personal gain and to refuse to give it unto the Lord was considered robbery because it right again like we're talking about it belongs to god it's his so keeping it back holding it back for ourselves is robbing god and god did not take that lightly you know robbing god of that tithe and that offering because it says both but robbing god of our tithe specifically like we're addressing it literally brings a curse over you that's why some of you maybe you're you're in a higher paying job now than you've ever been but you're more broke than you've ever been and it's for many of you it's because of your giving that you haven't been obedient as God's increased you you haven't done what the word says that we should do that we need to give in response to our thankfulness for for God's provision no maybe you've become stingy over time and as God has increased you you haven't increased in giving back to him and that's not something that the word can honor because the Bible says it's robbing the Lord so it brought a curse onto them. And this wasn't just applying to Israel, but for other nations. You know, the Bible says God has no respecter of persons. So paying tithe, it was definitely practiced before the law. And it's practiced under and commanded under grace. So again, like we talked about, he said, bring it into the storehouse, the whole tithe into the storehouse. And, you know, the purpose of the tithe and the offering, it was supporting the work of the ministry. But we're going to get to this in a little bit that it, you have a heavenly bank account with your name on it. And when you're keeping, you know, your end of the deal to give unto the Lord and the work of the Lord, everything you do for the kingdom of God, whether it's winning souls, whether it's, you know, going out and using your finances to propagate the work of the gospel, that's accounted to you in heaven. You, there's an earthly reward to receive, but there's a reward, an eternal reward for you to receive. So not only does not tithing bring a curse on you, you know, there's rewards to tithing. So I want to talk and touch on those a little bit as we continue. So if tithing not and not tithing brings a curse, then what reward is there for tithing? Number one, it says that there will be meat in the in God's house, which means what? And you know, some of these things are, they may sound ethereal, but they're, they're very practical. So in layman's term, verses 10 through 12 of Malachi 3, it said there'll be meat in God's house, which means that there will never be lack of means or money to carry on the work of God. So everything, when you're faithful in tithing, you know that God will supply for every need. He will take care of every need so that you can carry on the work of the Lord on the earth. Number two, what reward does tithing bring number two it opens the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing so great that there will not be room enough to receive it 
So there will always be provision, number one. You'll always be provided for it. Number two, there, the windows of heaven will pour out over you, and the blessing will be so great, the Bible says, you won't even have room to take it in, in Jesus' name. That's your portion and my portion, in the name of Jesus. Number three, tithing rebukes the devourer so that he will not destroy the crops. What does that mean? Again, like I said, some of you guys, you're, you're making more money than you ever have in your life, but you're more broke than you ever have. That's literally a curse. It's the devourer. That's not something that should be happening. The more you, the higher you go in Christ and according to his word, the more that you should be blessed and abundant and be able to provide and you should be living in abundance the more, the higher up that you go in God. So not tithing will actually reverse that for you where it's a principle that should be happening or that you should be seeing at work in your life. When you don't tithe, their devourer has the the permission to destroy those crops. But when you tithe, the Bible says in Malachi 3 that he will rebuke the devourer so that he will not destroy your crops. So your livelihood will not be destroyed or limited in Jesus' name. And number four, reward in tithing that you will receive recognition of God's blessings by all men. Verse 12, all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. So hallelujah, that's that's powerful that you're so blessed when you're giving, when you're tithing, you're keeping your end up of the deal. Not only does God always provide for you, not only does he open the windows of heaven over you, not only does he rebuke the devourer, you're going to be so blessed and so abundant it literally says the nations, all nations, there's going to be people that are going to see the hand of God on your life and wonder how did they get so abundant? How did they get so blessed? And people will recognize even heathens, even people that aren't Christians will be forced to recognize the hand of God on your life, that it's something unnatural because it's supernatural as you you know, do what God commands you to do. He will cause things to break open in your life like you've never seen before in the name of Jesus. And I receive that now in Jesus name. So hallelujah. Isn't that powerful Four blessings, four rewards that God, that, that, that through God's word, through tithing that we can receive. So I want to move forward on what we were just talking about, how we discussed tithing was something that was evident even before the new uh the new testament even before the the mosaic covenant and the mosaic law but it's also something that we see practiced in the new testament so i want to take you guys to first corinthians 9 chapter yeah first corinthians chapter 9 verses 7 through 14 we're going to turn there together and i'm going to read for you guys get there together if we can. The Bible says, What soldier has to pay his own expenses? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of its fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am I expressing merely a human opinion, or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says, You must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we, e shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle 
to the good news about Jesus Christ. Verse 13. Don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple and those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the gospel or those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. So what is, this is literally Paul talking. So what is Paul saying? He's literally saying that what was brought in, the tithe and the offering, those who are preaching the good news, those who are in the work of the ministry, they have a right to be supported and have a right to make the ministry their livelihood. So if you have a problem, oh, you know, I was always taught growing up that pastors should be bivocational. They shouldn't receive what the offering, they shouldn't be having to count on the church to sustain them. But that's not in the Bible. Quite frankly, the opposite is in the Bible. So you have a right as a minister to, to have your main source of income come from the ministry. And people give to the work of the Lord. You can receive money personally, but when people are giving, they're giving unto God. Again, they're giving in thankfulness to the Lord. But you, the Apostle Paul is saying that you have a right to come into that as you're preaching the good news. The next time we see giving and tithing mentioned in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2. Why don't we turn there together? 1 Corinthians 16. Guys, this was really blessing me when I was preparing because it's wild how much, how, they're, how terrible teaching, like there's terrible teaching on this not enough good teaching and that's why people are living in lack but you don't have to live in lack in jesus so first corinthians 16 verses 1 and 2 now regarding your question about the money being collected for god's people in jerusalem you should follow the same procedure i gave to the churches in galatia on the first day of each week you should put aside a portion of the money you have earned and don't wait until I get there and try and collect it all. So you need to put aside a portion. Again, this one wasn't saying specifically what it was, but we know that 10% of what we earn belongs to the Lord. That's the tithe. And anything you give over the 10% is an offering, but 10%. That's all God is asking. Isn't it crazy how we make such a fuss about 10%? He could have asked for more, but all it is is the 10% that he's asking and really, God wants to be the Lord of your life and giving him and being obedient in this area will show that, you know, God has your whole heart and your whole life when you trust him in this area. But, you know, we get to live off of the 90 percent. But I, I'm in Jesus name. I'm going to be one of those people who's so abundant, so blessed that one there's going to come a day. I see it now in Jesus name. There's going to come a day and this can be your portion, too, where you're going to be able to live off 10 percent and give 90 percent because you are so blessed. You are so abundant in Jesus name. So wrapping up what we've spoken about, you know, what the scriptures have hit on for for giving and for this, you know, intro to tithing, this tithing 101, if you will, a portion of what we take in, it belongs to God. It's not ours to take. And when we refuse to give it to him, we're literally robbing God. We're cheating God. So we need to trust that as we are giving to God, as we're doing our part, God is going to do his. He's going to be faithful. So. We're following the example that we see in the scripture that tithing, not giving is going to bring that curse over our finances, but tithing does the reverse and giving does the reverse. It actually rebukes a curse and it opens the windows of heaven over us. You know, this is the only time that God said to test him, to test him in the tithe and the offering and see so that we could see his faithfulness. We're not supposed to test God. The, the word literally says, test not the Lord. 
But he said, test me in this, in the tithe and in the offering. So when you, maybe you've never learned this before. Maybe this is something that's brand new to you. I would encourage you, start giving. And I'm telling you, I am telling you in Jesus' name, I can bet my life on it. You will begin to see increase in your life and stand on the word of God and with your mouth confess what the word of God says, that you're a lender and not a borrower. You're above and not beneath and that God will bring you into abundance as you obey his word. We can't do what the word of God says and receive a different result. Everything in our life has to come to sub- under sub- the subjection of the word of God. It, it has to make itself subject to the authority of the word of God in Jesus name. So let's read to finish out what we're talking about. Luke 5 verses 1 through 11. I'm going to leave you guys with these two examples from scripture. Luke, 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 Luke 5 verses 1 through 11. Let's read together. The Bible says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. What a powerful testimony. So, Literally, they were doing things. This is a perfect example of you doing things in your own strength, according to your own human reason and wisdom can literally leave you with an empty net and you won't see results. But when you start joining with the supernatural power and the wisdom of God and you line your life up with the word of God, you can't help but see supernatural results in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, he literally made a blessing pour out on them, like what we read in Malachi. That was literally too great to take in. The boat started sinking. The nets started tearing. Another boat had to come. And even then, they were full of fish. So when they tried in their own strength, it didn't work. But when they, when Jesus came on the scene and they dropped the nets according to his instruction, there was an overflow. And that's your testimony. That's going to be my testimony in Jesus name. We are being obedient to God when we tithe, when we give what's due to the Lord. And it's not our responsibility to bring that increase or that harvest. It's God. It's on him and we can trust him. You know, another area of scripture that really, really blesses me literally every day is Matthew 6. I'm going to read it for you quickly. Matthew 6. I'm going to go down. It says in verse 19, don't store up treasure here on earth. We talked about this before 
where moths can eat and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasure in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I'm going to go down. 24. This is a key principle to understand. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the others. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God. Other translations say seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Hallelujah. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So going back to what we first read. The Bible says we can't be a slave of money and obedient to God. So that's what God wants for us. You know, he doesn't want money to control you. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. But a great way to lose that love of money is to trust God in giving him what's due to him. The more that you give unto God, the more that you are obedient in this area of your life, I'm telling you, God, you will begin to lose that love for money and increase your love. Your love for God will increase and you need to be pursuing after God and ever increasing in your love for him so that money never has your heart so that when you come into abundance that there's never a question at all about if you're still going to be faithful to God, if he brings you to another level, it'll be a no brainer. Absolutely. That you will continue to serve the Lord faithfully, even when he brings you into abundance. You'll never be enslaved to money. Money is not your master. You are the master of it in Jesus name. So I'm telling you, if you if you're not being obedient to the Lord, it has to do with an issue of distrust or even pride that you can do more with what you have rather than doing letting God do more with what you're giving him and blessing your finances. You know, that that's such a small principle, but it's so powerful that, you know, God can do more in your life with your 90 percent than you can do with 100 percent, because when you have your 100% and you're refusing to give God what's his, it's 100% cursed. But when you're living on 90% and you're giving God what belongs to him, it's 100% blessed in Jesus' name. So we're going to be talking about in a future episode, you know, what's the offering on top of that? Because we're commanded to give tithe and offering. But I want to leave you with this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 6. The Bible says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. 
and God will generously provide all you need. Hallelujah. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. So just remind yourself. I know that's kind of addressing the offering more, but that's a that's something that's powerful for us to remember even when we're giving tithes. It should be joyful for us to give. It should be a joy. God, I get to to give unto you. God, I get to bless you. God, I get to support the work of the kingdom, the advancement of the kingdom on the earth with my finances. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bless God. Blessed be the Lord that I get to do that. And even for, for those of you that you're, this episode is challenging to you. Maybe you've never given. Maybe you grew up in a house where you had Christian parents, but they never gave the full tithe that they were supposed to. And you're, that, that stuck with you, and you're wanting to get out of that mindset. I would highly encourage you, even if you think like, you're in a situation where you need breakthrough, it's start giving God and giving to God. And when you do give it with that mindset, God, I thank you that I rejoice in giving this unto you, God, because it's, it's yours to begin with, Lord. And I thank you. You're faithful to your word. And God, that as I give, as I keep, Lord, your commands, God, that you will pour out a blessing over me to meet my needs and supersede all my needs in the name of Jesus. So believe God, believe God that answer the miracle is in our obedience when we give and we're giving faithfully we're giving according to what the word is commanding us that miracle is in our obedience i read something uh i think yesterday yeah i believe yesterday that really uh stuck with me and i think it's so perfect to end out this episode god isn't moved by your need he is moved by your faith so i'm going to say it again god isn't moved by your need he is moved by your faith. You could have hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. You could be impoverished, but it's not going to move God that you're in that predicament. What's going to move God is your faith. Think of the, of the woman in the Bible who gave the two coins. And the Bible says she was the most blessed out of everyone there because she gave out of her poverty. She gave all that she had. So it's the same way with us now. God isn't impressed. He isn't moved by how much you need or how great your need is. He's moved by your faith. And faith says, Lord, even though, God, I may not be where I want to be, I will trust you that when I put this into practice in my life, when I give you what's due to you, you will act according to your word. And God, you will pour out a blessing over me in the name of Jesus. So I, I want to pray with you guys today, give you an opportunity to sow into our ministry to give. We have not stopped. We have not taken a step back this entire year. We have, we have seen increase. We've seen overflow. And I believe in Jesus' name we're going to see more. We're opening up, you know, our ministry for partnership where you can give monthly in support of the work of the Lord. We do so much you know, to see the, the word of God preached and to see people delivered, set free, see souls saved in the name of Jesus. So we're going to transition to a time where you guys can give. We have tons of ways to give. If you're watching on YouTube, all the links are in the description. We have Cash App and Venmo. Those are at We Are Remnant or dollar sign We Are Remnant and it's RMNT. You can give on our website, weareremnant.com forward slash give. You can give on PayPal, paypal.me slash we are remnant. You can give through the mail, P.O. Box 363, Mount Freedom, New Jersey. Make your check out to Remnant Ministries. Um, and yeah, there's just so many ways to give. So we will pray that you guys are blessed as you are giving now. And again, we're believing for partners in the name of Jesus. I'm believing that we're going to see faithful people 
raised up to partner with this ministry so that we can carry the gospel and continue to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth before Jesus comes back. So I want to pray with you guys as you get ready to give and just pray for everyone that's been listening. I pray that this has blessed you. Share this with a friend. Share this with someone that needs it. Share it with someone who, who needs to be challenged in their giving. And, you know, I pray that this has blessed you guys in Jesus' name. So why don't we pray together? Father, I thank you for everyone listening. I thank you for everyone who's giving today. God, thank you, God, as they're obedient to what your word says. I thank you that you will come through like you do every time, that you'll be faithful to your word, God. I thank you that we don't have to worry, just like it says in Matthew 6, for one moment, God, about our, our earthly needs, God, because when we take care of, Lord, what your word says to take care of, God, that everything that we could possibly need, everything that we could possibly ask for will be taken care of in Jesus' name. Let these people be abundantly blessed blessed God for giving to the advancement of your kingdom and I thank you every need that they have I call it met in Jesus name supernatural debt cancellation I receive it even myself in Jesus name and I receive it for them in the name of Jesus I call them blessed I call them overflowing highly favored in Jesus name I thank you you do a miracle in their finances as they put you first as they totally trust you in Jesus name we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus name amen Amen. I pray that you guys have been blessed today by this. I know that it was something that really blessed me even in studying it. And I want to see and hear testimonies. If you have a testimony about giving and how even today, if you're taking these principles and putting them in a, into practice, I know you're going to see God come through on your behalf. So I want to hear testimonies. You can always DM us. Again, a plug for our social media. All the links are in the description. And if you're listening to this through Anchor or Spotify, everything you need is on our website, weareremnant.com. Again, what a blessing to be with you guys this week. And stay close to Jesus. Stay close to the Lord. And uh, we'll be with you guys in the next episode. Peace.